Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's Friday, so <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good, baby. You're always so chipper in the morning. Oh, you know? Friday. Joe's a chipper guy. I think oh, it's because so, he was so used to getting up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right, um, Trump has changed the game on shutdowns, Joe. Uh, I want to open up talking about that today, uh, how this guy has been such a disruptor, and I mean that in a good way, taking the status quo, uh, blowing his nose in it, throwing it in the garbage, <laughs> and getting rid of the old swamp rat mentality. Great piece I read this morning about how he's even – change the game right now, not just on trade, not just on economic, not just on the economy, not just on court appointments, plowing ahead with Kavanaugh, but he has now changed the game. This is fascinating, Joe, on how government shutdowns will work in the future. I'll get to that. I also have another, I mean, another hat tip to Chuck Ross and Jeff Carlson, another set of just incredible pieces on some new revelations on some testimony that's going to blow your mind about Brennan, the Obama team, and just how bad this whole debacle was. Carlson got his hands on some of the Lisa Page testimony, which is fantastic. All right, don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by our buddy. He's a G code. You know, listen, I'm a big uh, fan of the Second Amendment like you. I'm a firearm owner, a concealed carry permit holder. I've been around in my entire life. Big advocate for big R, God-given rights. And dependent on the state you live in and concealed carry laws, you'll want to protect your family when you go out, which is why you'll need a great holster to probably carry your firearm. For more than 20 years, G-Code has produced what many consider to be the finest holsters in the industry. They lead the pack. They're 100% American-made products, all materials, components sourced right here in the USA. These are beautiful. The owners of G-Code holsters are military veterans. They are meticulous about quality, innovation, customer service, and worksmanship. Excellence drives everything they do, and every product comes with a lifetime warranty. Whether you're military, law enforcement, or civilian, G-Code has a holster for you. Check these things out. Their all-new waistband holster called the Phenom is a total game changer. You'll love this. Check out the all-new G-Code Phenom in the waistband holsters being hailed as a total game changer for comfort and concealability. It is a must-have. Order online at range5.com. That's range, the number 5.com. Range, like firing range, range5.com. Be sure to use the code Bongino for an incredible 15% off. Go check this stuff out. This is real. They're, they're top-notch holsters. It is a game changer. They're in the waistband ones. Range5.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. All right, let's get right to it. First off, Trump has changed the game on shutdowns. Interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today about how the words creeping around in D.C. about how this guy, who, again, is chronically underestimated by all his political opponents and the hack liberal activists in the mainstream media, has managed to change the calculation on government shutdowns. What has he done and why does it matter to you? Right. Well, as the Wall Street Journal reports today, he's doing everything in his power through OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, to, budget, to make this partial government shutdown as painless as possible, uh, moving around money, uh, making sure at least in the... In the I'm, listen, I'm not. You can fight this stuff all you want. I'm just telling you what the story says. Uh, making sure some food stamp payments went out, that national parks can stay open. Uh, they can charge fees for the national parks to keep them open. Now, why does this matter to you? Because think about this in relationship to the government shutdown in the Obama administration. Remember, Joe? Oh, what yeah. did Obama do? Obama, because he was vindictive, and so was his administration. His yes, administration. Sir. 
I wanted you to believe what, Joe, that government is the the mm-hmm. the key component, the central locus of control in your life, that you should revolve your life should revolve around government, financing it, thinking about it, paying about it, loving it, being it, owning it. That when the government shut down in the Obama administration, he wanted to make sure it hurt. And he wanted to make sure you knew it. So you, shut down yes. the monuments, guys. Shut, shut the monuments, down. baby. Shut them down. Remember them that down. awful. So I was down there when that happened. Yeah. I went down there. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm an activist at heart. I'm glad we have a show, but I ran for office. This stuff matters to me. Um, yeah. I was down there at the World War II Memorial when they, uh, the veterans flew in and were blocked, blocked from an open air memorial. There was mm-hmm. no reason to do that. But the Obama administration was vindictive. They wanted to teach you a lesson, the American citizens who financed this government disaster we have now. TSA, he wanted to make sure TSA lines were long because this mm. is what they do. Trump has changed everything. Trump has managed to move around money, get his OMB to move money around to make it not pain-free, folks. I'm not trying to minimize uh, the effect on government employees. I just want to be clear on this, too. Well, I was a government employee, and although... I am a natural opponent of big government, given my libertarian, conservative, constitutional tendencies. I've said repeatedly, and I mean it, this isn't some wacky, you know, virtue signaling nonsense. The Secret Service, the FBI, the DEA, our Border Patrol guys, these, you know, people who work to get, um, you know, work inside the government, put their work boots on every day and go to work. They're not the problem. You know, the government's too big. Granted, we, the government, a lot of a lot of these jobs shouldn't be. But the fact that people are working them doesn't make the people the problem. I just want to be clear on that. So the people who aren't getting checks who've emailed me, I hear you. And, and they've been very good. They've been like, listen, we're with you. We're willing to take on this fight. But I just want you to understand that, you know, missing paychecks is a big deal. And I get it. And a lot of people from the private sector have said, hey, this has happened to me, too. We've had businesses that have struggled. So I, I get it. There's a balance in this debate where we don't need to be, you know, looney tunes on either side of it. Unfortunately, the Democrats are always looney tunes on their side. The point I'm trying to make here is Trump has done everything in his power to make it as painless as possible, where the Obama administration tried to make it painful. Why has this changed the game, Joe? Because as Kim Strassel points out in the Wall Street Journal today, now that we know what a government shutdown will look like when the government is doing its best to have these least uh, the smallest footprint on the American citizens. It's going to be very difficult in the future, Joe. You see where I'm going with this? For Democrat hack presidents who want to make it painful so you know how government is important for you. It's going to make it very difficult for them to emulate the Obama model again. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Please tell me you dig this because this is another example of Donald Trump again chronically underestimated by his political opponents every time who then comes out and gives him a backhand, a political backhand. You see now in the future, the media is going to have to have a really tough time justifying why the lines at TSA were three and 400% longer, why national parks were shut down because conservative media is just going to report well, you know, that didn't happen under the Trump administration. Are you doing this to hurt the American people? No, 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 it's necessary. No, no, it's not necessary. No, no, it's not because we had a government shutdown in the Trump administration and the national parks were kept open. Remember that? I made bad choices. <laughs> we're not supposed to laugh at our own jokes on the show, but I really don't know. I only see Joe's hand creeping towards this. I have no idea what he's going to play. 
I'm not kidding, folks. It's not a setup. He doesn't say before the show, here are the here are the drops we're gonna. He does, he just does his own thing. But that he did, he made horrible choices. And now those choices are gonna be highlighted in what we would call, you know, the foil effect, right? You put a diamond on a black background that always looks shinier. Now what are you gonna have? You're going to have this foil of the Trump administration with a government shutdown, which can convenience his government workers, no doubt. But for the American people, relatively speaking, has not been deeply impactful. And now you're going to have some Democrat in the future trying to hammer you with long TSA lines, shut down national parks, and are going to have to answer consistently at media briefings why they couldn't manage to keep the parks open, but the Trump administration could. Genius. Again. He beats these people at, his own, at their own game every single time. Every single time. All right, one quick note before I get to some really, really uh, incredible reporting by, again, Chuck Russ and Jeff Carlson. Um, you know, listen, this is a family-friendly show, and we don't sell out our values here. I want to sincerely, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is, is uh, for as much as I disagree with her political ideology, I think many of you do, um, is, is very ill. I think probably a little more ill than people are letting on. I've, I've received a lot of emails, pretty fascinating emails. You know who you are from people in the medical profession describing what happened to her with the, I guess the nodules in the lungs and how this is uh this is very serious. Um, I think, you know, maybe a little more serious than people would be letting on. I uh, wish her the best. I mean that, uh, you know, I, I would, it'd, it'd be very unchristian, like, even though we're, you know, we're all sinners folks to be, to be getting into this macabre conversation, but having said that, it is a critical position. Uh, she is a Supreme Court justice. Uh, it's a powerful position. And I spring this up because I have an article uh, I read today, Legal Insurrection, uh, about, uh, I'll put it in the show notes as well, which is a good one, about how there is now uh, a, a plan in place, which there should be. Joe, I wouldn't expect a Democrat president to do the opposite if a conservative-leaning justice was sick either. There is now a plan uh, in place to nominate someone else in the event that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg steps aside. Hmm. Uh, if she does step aside, Joe, I only bring this up. It's you know, it's a short story. Expect Amy Coney Barrett to likely be the nominee. She is a more than qualified uh, judge who would who would admirably uh, fill that spot in the Supreme Court. And I t- I'm warning you now. You think Kavanaugh was ugly? You think Gorsuch was ugly? And the changing of the uh, of the Senate rules to to blow past the Democrat filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats are already planning. You are going to see it's going to make Kavanaugh look like a cakewalk. Strap yourself in, baby. Oh, my gosh. It's going to look like a Saturday at Chuck E. Cheese's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is going to be a disaster because think about this. Oh, you will now have changed the, the, the composition ideologically of the court for potentially a generation. Amy Coney Barrett is relatively young. Uh, Kavanaugh is young. Gorsuch is young. Uh, Roberts is young, even though he hasn't been with us on everything. Alito's young. Uh, you know, Clarence Thomas is, uh, you know, is, is not, is not, uh, he's, he's not young, but he's not, you know, old. No spring chicken. No, no, I think he would acknowledge that too. But ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be, I'm telling you, it is going to be ugly. You can expect a a massive protest just like you did with Kavanaugh, only larger. They will consider this some kind of existential fight. And one one more quick thing. Again, I want to spend a lot of time on this because I don't have a lot of color to add to it. And you can get a lot of this in the news. But remember, this is another check mark against the never Trump crowd. 
the people who signed on to the Never Trump movement and still stick to it. There's a lot of people, I get it, objected to Trump and then later on came around, including some friends of mine who saw what he did on the economy, on regulations, on justices, and have acknowledged that he has been, whether you agree with him personally or not, a very conservative president. If he gets to appoint another, a third Supreme Court justice in two years, folks, the argument for being a never-Trumper during the election and still to this day makes you look like a complete moron. You look like a fool. Hillary Clinton would have had three, three Supreme Court justices. Give us all a yeah. Can I know? Can you imagine? In addition, in addition to the hundreds of openings <laughs> on the district and the circuit courts as well. Remember, there are what eight hundred forty-five uh, judges in the country at the federal level. By the time Trump leaves his first term, if he gets everybody appointed, he's going to have appointed almost a quarter of them. Can you imagine how bad it would be? <laughs> all right. Um, let me get into this. I don't even know where to start because both of these stories are so good. Let me start with Chuck Ross's piece first in the Daily Caller. This is a must read. Oh, man, this guy, I tell you, they knock it out of the park. Let me get to the headline first. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. <laughs> Chuck has uncovered a connection here between the a group with as some as according to his report that has some funding by Soros, George Soros, a known liberal activist. And another group called New Knowledge, so the Democracy Integrity Project and New Knowledge, which were, which were working with the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, getting data from social media companies about Russian disinformation efforts. This is in his piece. Why does this matter to you, ladies and gentlemen? Because one of the group's founders that's receiving some, some money from these liberal groups and known liberal activists is Dan Jones. Dan Jones is the staffer. For, try to follow me. I'll, I'll tie this up for you. Don't worry. And I'll keep it umbrella view. But I need to give you the deets here. If you don't have the deets, the story's not going to make sense. The group that was working with the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence to uncover Russian disinformation efforts using social media. One of the group's founders was working as a staffer for Dianne Feinstein, a liberal Democrat on the committee, left to found the group. The group they were working with, New Knowledge, is the same group that's been implicated in the Alabama Senate race scandal for planting fake stories about Russian support of the Republican Roy Moore. Now, 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 now. What's crazier is the same group, the Democracy Integrity Project, not so aptly named, founded by Dan Jones, former Democrat staffer, is the same group that hired Fusion GPS Hillary's hit squad on Trump during Spygate after Trump was elected and after the controversy about Fusion GPS. Hired them to continue the Russiagate thing against Donald Trump. Folks, think about this, right? Understand, I'm going to tie this together for you, but these little, these deets are important. So the Democracy Integrity Project's getting liberal activist money. It's being run by a liberal who worked for Dianne Feinstein, who sits on the Senate Committee on Intelligence. This liberal group is working with the Select Committee on Intelligence to continue the Russia investigation, despite being funded by liberals and run by a liberal who worked for a liberal who sat on a committee. 
It's now uncovered in Chuck Ross's piece that they had some symbiotic work efforts with a company called New Knowledge that has now been implicated in a major scandal in Alabama that claimed that Roy Moore, the Republican running for Senate against Doug Jones, was being supported by a bunch of Russians. That was fake. It was one of these false flag operations. It was fake. It's now known to be fake. They started a bunch of fake social media accounts under the guise that they were Russian social media accounts, Joe, mm-hmm. and followed Roy Moore to say, look, the Republicans supported by the Russians. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Why is this story important, folks? Because it's a story about the media. It's not a story about the Democracy Integrity Project, New Knowledge, Roy Moore, or anyone else. The Democrats have figured out that the goons in the media, the liberal activist hacks in the media are susceptible to this Russia story and will run with it despite any evidence whatsoever that the Russians are actually supporting Republicans. Copy me here, please. They they figured this out. The media loves this story, despite the fact that there's no evidence. So instead of making the story go away, even after they were exposed, Russiagate, Spygate, all of this stuff, they continue to double down on this Russia story, trying to tie the Russians to Roy Moore and trying to continue the Russia investigation with the Senate Committee on Intelligence, with the same staffers who were working with uh, with, with the same company, Fusion GPS, which fabricated the dossier in the first place. Copy that, Dan. <laughs> you would think they'd give up. You think they give up? The dossier was exposed as a hoax. Christopher Steele was outed for 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 promoting false information in, in the dossier. Glenn Simpson is on the record telling conflicting stories about when he was working with the FBI when he wasn't. The Russia hoax was completely exposed. The spying operations exposed, and the very same guy on the Senate Committee on Intelligence staff. Dan Jones, who was working with Dianne Feinstein, sitting on that committee, is continuing to work with Fusion GPS after the election to continue to promote the Russia hoax. Why? Because the media refuses to call them out. They love the story and they hate Trump. Not only did they continue the Russia investigation afterwards, as Russ's piece points out in the caller, they tried the same thing on Roy Moore. The same thing. Roy Moore, look, he's being followed by Russians. The Russians are coming. And uh, the media will gleefully pick it up. Now, in their defense, because again, we're fair here, or we try to be. And if we're not, listen, call us out. That's fine. But the New York Times, to their credit, did do an expose on the Roy Moore story. In other words, that this was a fake operation, that these were not Russians supporting Roy Moore. These were Democrats supporting Roy Moore and Democrat activists claiming it was Russians. You tracking, Joe? They were fake Twitter accounts and social media accounts. Look, these Russians are following. What was the what was the Facebook account? Moscova, Piva, Spiceba. (laughs) Yanni Gavru Peru. Well, I don't. That's the only really? Russian I know from spending some time over there, right? This, yeah, I don't know a lot of Russian. But was that it? Those were the pages. The uh, piva. That's a beer, I think, in Russia, right? Uh, that, those were your pages. You couldn't have done a better job. They were fake. They were set up by Democrats. And why? Because they know large swaths of the media, including the New York Times, which exposed it, will continue to promote the Russia hoax because they can't stand Donald Trump. Duh. Duh. (laughs) Now, it gets better. 
Oh, I got so much. I hope I'm the. Does it make sense so far, Joe? You uh, are oh, the audience on Buzz. Big time, okay. big time. This is quite entertaining, dude. Oh, it's great. The, yeah. the, remember, the gist of the story is the Democrats have figured out the media will run with a Russia story, so they just keep using it. They're still working with Fusion GPS, the same people after the election to hammer this guy, and they're still using the model on Roy Moore. Now, doubling down on this, who is Dan Jones that's running this group doing all this, the Democracy Integrity Project, working with New Knowledge, another company that was involved in the Alabama thing? Who are they communicating with or who is he on known text messages now communicating with? This is this ties into yesterday's show. Remember in yesterday's show, I told you the whole thing about Paul Manafort, that the New York Times fake news story that oh Paul Manafort was communicating with Oleg Deripaska, this Russian oligarch about polling data in the Trump team when he was a campaign manager. Right. Collusion. Well, the New York Times issued a massive correction suggesting that it wasn't Manafort communicating with Russians. He was, in fact, communicating with Ukrainians. Fine. Unsavory. Can we agree, Joe? Yeah. But not Russian collusion tautologically by nature. If he's giving information to Ukrainians about polling data with large, large swaths of it, which were publicly available, by the way. I'm not excusing it. I'm just giving you the facts then that's hard to categorize as Russian collusion unless you think Ukraine is part of Russia. It's not. Maybe the media needs a geography lesson or a history lesson. But what's worse about this is Deripaska, who is was a former business partner to Manafort, mm-hmm. hired a lobbyist named Adam Waldman. Adam Waldman's text messages are damning. So this Russian who they they're 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 so worried about Manafort's connections to hires a lobbyist. The same lobbyist is working with the guy Joe Dan Jones, who started the company that's been promoting this Russia hoax and was working with the company that stu- that uh, reengaged the Russia hoax in the Alabama Senate race. Here's uh, from Chuck Ross's piece today. You got to read this. This is awesome stuff. Waldman. The lobbyist hired by the Russian, the Democrats think is a problem, Deripaska. But they only think he's a problem when he's attached to Manafort. Right. From his piece. Waldman also provided text messages from March 17, 2017, in which Dan Jones said the Democracy Integrity Project helped plant anti-Trump news stories. In other words, the dossier has already been debunked. It's March of 2017, Joe. We know it's a hoax. Trump is the president. And Dan Jones, who leaves the Democrat staff in the Senate, is still planting these stories. Here's a quote from Jones in a text. Our team helped with this, Jones wrote to Waldman, linking to a Reuters article about Russian investment in Florida properties owned by President Trump. Waldman also exchanged messages with Warner, Mark Warner. Yeah, the same Mark Warner Democrat on the Senate Committee on Intelligence. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. This corrupt committee. So the lobbyist working with the Russian, we've been told is a problem, Deripaska, is texting a Democrat Senator Warner, suggesting that Virginia Democrat, that uh, Warner, was in close contact with Jones. So Waldman, who's working for the troubled Russian, again, there's only trouble when he's connected to Manafort, the lobbyist working for the Russian is texting a Virginia Democrat senator on a committee investigating Trump, texting him that, hey, I'm in close contact with Dan Jones, who was paying Fusion GPS to continue the Russia hoax. <laughs> this is crazy. Wait, we've officially answered crazy town. In an April 25th, 2017 text message to Warner, Waldman said Christopher Steele, the hoax dossier author, had told him 
Dan Jones is coming to see you. So now the author of the hoax dossier, Christopher Steele, is telling the lobbyist working for the troubled Russian who's only trouble when he's connected to Manafort. Steele told Waldman that Dan Jones is coming to see you talking to the in other words, the Democrat, uh, the former staffer is coming to see the Democrat senator. What were they doing? I got an answer for you. Mm. I think Ross knows, but he leaves it with this. He says the interactions between the uh, Democrat Senator Mark War- Warner, Adam Waldman, again, the lobbyist, Christopher Steele, hoax dossier author. I'm adding a little bit here. And Dan Jones remain one of the enduring puzzles of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence Russia probe. The committee has refused to discuss the matter. Folks, it's obvious what's going on here. It's obvious. And I'm going to tie in two pieces right now. The Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, which was investigating this whole alleged Russian collusion thing from the Senate side, is stacked with soft Republicans and anti-Trump vitriolic Democrats. People like Richard Burr on the Republican side. uh, Rubio's on the committee, who's been, you know, very squishy on this. And on the Democrat side, you had Dianne Feinstein no longer, but you have Mark Warner and others. They can't stand Trump. What do you think was going on here, Joe? One of the staffers on that committee, Dan Jones, working for Dianne Feinstein, clearly was working with outside groups while on the committee, Fusion GPS and others. It is now clear as day to funnel anti-Trump information somewhere. Where? Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Jones, after Trump is elected, remember, Joe, they never think Trump is going to uh, is going to win. Right. After Trump is in a stunning victory, is elected president elect on election on Election Day. The Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, knowing its deep involvement in what are likely felony leaks of information, classified information, panics. In that panic, Joe, what do they need to do? They need to make sure Trump is impeached and a special counsel investigation is started immediately to keep the attention on Donald Trump to cover up their misdeeds. Mm-hmm. A senior staffer on that team who's been involved in all of this then leaves because he'll have more flexibility, goes and works for a multi-million dollar funded by liberal activists, including, according to Russ, some Soros money in there a group called the Democracy Integrity Project, which then continues the Russia hoax investigation, knowing it's a hoax, by the way, with the sole effort to keep a steady flow of Russia stories going to a compliant media that will eat it up, put it out in the media, and keep the attention on Donald Trump the whole time. Commence the resistance! Yes, sir! And the effort is so successful, Joseph, oh. that they emulate the model in the Alabama a special election yes, against the Roy Moore. You got it. Now, what's the breaking news in the piece? We already knew about the Alabama thing. Apparently, this was done in the 2018 midterms, too. These people have... uh, I'm trying to keep it family friendly. They have nerve. We'll leave it at that. You you almost have to, like, be in awe in, in the most disgusting way of the Democrats' nerve on this. They try the Russia thing once. It doesn't work. They try it twice in Alabama. It works there. And then they try it again in the midterms, despite the fact everybody knows what they're doing. Folks, read the piece. It is absolutely damning. But a couple of the pointers I want to bring out in this. 
Now it is the prosecution, the light prosecution of James Wolfe and the Feinstein release of, of Glenn Simpson's testimony makes sense. To some of you right now, you're putting mm. it together. Some of you are new and haven't been listening. A lot of this is in my book. It'll make sense if you read it, Spygate. But I'll explain it to you quickly because I want to move on to Carlson's piece. Joe, this makes all the sense in the world now. All right. James Wolfe was the staffer on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence who was prosecuted for false statements to the FBI. The prosecution and the statements uh, he made were the alleged falsities were that he had that he had not been in contact with reporters about information. Now does it make sense? The Ooh. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence was likely using this guy to leak information to the media to keep the heat on Donald Trump, and he was their conduit. Why? Why? Now it makes sense. They were probably using Wolf because, remember, at one point, Wolf's attorney, remember what he was prosecuted for, folks? Follow me here. He was prosecuted for false statements about talking to reporters. His attorney at one point threatened to call sitting senators on the Senate Committee on Intelligence in his defense. Really? What would they say in his defense? Maybe that he was instructed to leak that information. Oh, you you digging? Did you notice, by the way, all of the important people that wrote letters about his character, Joe, for his sentencing hearing? <laughs> Clapper and others, <laughs> all of the players in Spygate. Oh, Wolf's a good guy, Judge. Don't sentence him to much. Folks, why do you think that is? Because this guy, <laughs> Wolf, was likely the conduit to the media who was instructed by the Senate Committee on Intelligence to continue to promote hoax Russia stories being supplied to Jones, Feinstein, and others by Fusion GPS and are continuing to be supplied to them by Fusion GPS after the election. Now does the Feinstein leak mm -hmm. of Glenn Simpson's testimony make sense? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Re remember, yeah. Mm -hmm. Diane Feinstein, when she sat on the committee, they had a briefing by Glenn Simpson, who was a, a big shot there over at Fusion GPS. Mm. Glenn Simpson's testimony behind closed doors was leaked by Diane Feinstein. She put it out there and everybody was shocked. Why would she do that? I'd said to you in the show, I know you remember, Joe. It's obvious why she did that now. Her staffer, Dan Jones, was the one responsible for the misinformation campaign. So the best way to get a bunch of witnesses involved in a misinformation campaign to not step on each other and get their stories wrong when they're called by the FBI or a committee to testify is to leak the testimony of Simpson so that everybody can coordinate their story. It makes all the sense in the world now. The prosecution of Wolf, he was going to call the senators because he's probably the conduit. He's the media guy. This was a media operation to get a false Russian collusion story out there that they are still doing now. They never give up these people. Read the piece in the show notes. It is uh, spectacular. All right, I want to move on to Carlson's piece because it's just as good. All right, today's show. 
Brought to you by 23andMe. Hey, we live in a world right now where we have access to data that gives us more personal insights on who we are. From how well we sleep to how many steps we take per day. Shouldn't our health resolutions be customized too? 23andMe allows you to go beyond ancestry to access more personalized insights based on your DNA. From health predispositions to lifestyle choices. With the 23andMe Ancestry Kit, you get over 90 reports on your health traits, ancestry, and more. I took mine. I found out a bunch of interesting things about myself, including that I am an awful uh, sleeper, which, um, you know, it's good, it's good to know I'm not some uh, some weirdo that it's in my genes at this point. Uh, you can also get the lactose intolerance report. Having trouble digesting dairy products? Almost everyone's born with the ability to digest them, but some people lose the ability as they, go, as they age, including me. Do you have a genetic variant that makes you unlikely? Uh, to be lactose intolerant, you can find out with 23andMe's lactose intolerance report. Your genetic weight report. With 23andMe's genetic weight report, you can discover if your genes predispose you to weigh more or less than the average. And unique to you insights, which uh, which will give you your healthy habits, likely to have the biggest impact on weight based on your genetics. Uh, what will your DNA help you discover about yourself? Check out your 23andMe health and ancestry kit today at 23andMe.com slash Bongino. That's the number 23andMe.com slash Bongino. Again, 23andMe.com slash Bongino. Go check it out. It was pretty fascinating when I got mine. I was like, darn. I always knew I was a terrible sleeper. I read it on no sleep because I hadn't slept the night before too, which is uh, <laughs> just kind mm-hmm. of ironic. Okay. So that's the takeaway where we've been so far. Trump's changed the game on uh, shutdowns by making it uh, as uh, relatively painless as he could, which will make it tougher in the future. Secondly, this Russia thing was clearly a media Senate Committee on Intelligence, a Obama administration operation to plant fake stories that are still going on to this day. Moving on to the next story, because it's just, uh, again, another mind-blowingly good piece by Jeff Carlson. He got his hands on Lisa Page, uh, Lisa Page's testimony behind closed doors in Congress. And there are some and I mean this, folks, I know I, I'm not going to bombshells, whatever. I mean, every you know, I'm not going to get into that. So I'm trying to hype you up for anything. Uh, there are some stunning allegations. Now, some of these allegations, although stunning, if you're again, a regular listener to the show may not be stunning to you. But many of you just joined in the last few months. I always say, remember the names. Mm hmm. It was the best investigative tool I ever got. A former boss of mine in the resident uh, office in Melville, Long Island, when I worked out there, when I, when I was a federal agent, said, Dan, remember the names. Memorize them. Because when you see a name creep up again in an investigative report, if you don't have it committed to memory, you're not going to make the connection. He was right. It was the best tip I ever got. You're going to see some very, very interesting names in Lisa Page's testimony. So what did he uncover here? So Carlson's piece, which is in the show notes today, number one, how deep and involved this operation was. Joe, do you remember the name John Carlin? Mm. DOJ, Department oh, of Justice. Yes, I, yeah, I do remember. Yes, yeah. John Carlin. Now, this is mm-hmm. a name we brought up. Gosh, listen now, to yeah. any show I've done on this. His name creeps up consistently throughout. I'd even said on Fox in an appearance one time that I believe John Carlin could be the main connection between the White House and the effort to spy on the Trump team. I, I, I believe that from the start. Lisa Page's testimony reveals some stunning new information about Garland. Let me uh, get to that. Okay, here we go. Sorry, I was looking for it. I take screenshots of stuff to make sure I can quote directly. This is from Jeff Carlson's piece in the Epoch Times today. And I'll get to you. I'll, I'll get to why this matters. Don't worry about it. Um, in response to a question asking who was McCabe's direct counterpart at the DOJ on the investigation, Page responded, it would have been John. It was either John Carlin or George Toskis who would have been, who would have reached out to McCabe. Now, 
the staffer asking this question. You may say, okay, all right. So in, in other words, the investigation into Trump, they're asking Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer, intimately involved with one of the lead investigators in the Clinton case. I mean, literally intimately involved. She's having an affair with Peter Stroke, who is one of the lead investigators, supervisors on the Clinton case and the anti-Trump case, right? Mm -hmm. She is the FBI lawyer assigned to the team. This woman knows everything. She has all the dirty deets on this. She's asked a question about who is the deputy director's direct counterpart in the DOJ coordinating this attack on Trump. And what does she say? It would have been John. John Carlin, who would have reached out to McCabe. Now, 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 this is going on in a piece. The congressional staffer hearing this apparently is freaked out right away. The congressional staffer was doing this particular line of questioning appeared to mitigate the information revealed by Page. In other words, Joe, the staffer's like, uh-oh, John Carlin's name just came up. Mm. Don't worry, I'll explain. The staffer says, well, numerous witnesses have confirmed to us that George Toskis, a career prosecutor, was in charge of day-to-day operation of DOJ on this investigation. And that Carlin and other political folks above him had briefings, certainly, so they had knowledge, but didn't have input in the investigation. What is going on here? Why is this congressional staffer so freaked out that the lead FBI lawyer on the case on their side had just admitted that the guy at the DOJ running this whole anti-Trump operation is John Carlin? The congressional staffer, oh, no, no, we have witnesses uh, that, that, that say otherwise. It wasn't Carlin. That's not what she said. Who is John Carlin? Let's see, Joe. Let's dig in the memory hole. You know, we could use it. We could use a Gary Gnu drop. There's no Gnu's <laughs> like good Gnu's with Gary Gnu. We could use a Gary Gnu drop. Right yeah, now. man. I'll just find What it. was John Carlin's job? Prior to being a senior level official at the Department of Justice, clearly now intimately involved in the case against Trump. He was a chief of staff for who? Dig, dig, dig. I know it's there. Oh, Bob Mueller. Oh, oh, what a kawinky dink that is, right? Gosh, like, uh, God rest her soul, Miss Gilfeather, my fifth grade teacher. You know, life's a bowl of cherries. Don't fall in the pits. There's the pits for you, folks. So you're telling me right now, just to be clear, this is where Carlson's piece is a must read. He gets a hold of Page's testimony, which I hadn't seen before. And in there, we find out this FBI lawyers acknowledge that the guy in DOJ liaisoning with the FBI to run this Trump thing was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. No conflict of interest there at all, folks. You don't think, well, what have I told you about Bob Mueller's investigation? I mean, from day one, we have been talking about this. The sole purpose of this thing, just like the Dan Jones operation, the Senate staffer, the, the, the Democracy Integrity Project, the Senate, Connect, uh, the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, what are the purpose to continuing this Russia hoax to this day? Including the Mueller probe, which is part of the Russia hoax. The sole purpose is to keep the heat on Donald Trump. Why? Well, obviously, Dan, because they don't like Trump. Yes, yes, but that's not it. That's not it. That's a part of it. The other purpose is to keep the heat 
off of the grotesque legal, political, moral, ethical, and bureaucratic malfeasance that happened with all these players who have their fingerprints on an illicit spying operation against the Trump team. It is obvious. Mueller was the perfect guy. Of course Mueller's going to protect his buddy Carlin by keeping the heat on Trump. Of course. This guy is so deeply conflicted, Mueller. It's outrageous he's still involved in this case. How can you tell? You can tell by the... Joe, this is not news to regular listeners. I've right. said Carlin's name repeatedly. Yeah. But now that we have the testimony, and most importantly, the dramatic response by the congressional staffer who now senses, uh-oh, we can't have Carlin's name come up. Carlin was Mueller's old chief of staff. Freaks out. No, no, it wasn't Carlin running. It was Toskis. It was Toskis. Then he goes on. Do you have any personal knowledge of them? Uh, Page was asked. He freaks out because he cannot have Carlin's name come up. Ombudsman Armacus. Does this make sense? Yes, it is, Dan. The Mueller guy, mm-hmm. Mueller was the only guy out there who was deeply conflicted enough mm-hmm. to be willing to run a bogus investigation into the Trump team to keep the heat off all the players Mueller knows. Man, peas in a pod. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Bob Mueller's a uh, you know counterpart when he was the FBI director on the Uranium One investigation. This deeply, deeply corrupt cabal of nonsense where Bill Clinton was receiving five hundred thousand dollar fees from Russian banks involved in the financial analysis of the uh, of the Uranium One deal. Hillary Clinton sitting on the board that basically refused to disapprove the Uranium One deal. All who was the prosecuting Rod Rosenstein. Who was his FBI director? Bob Mueller. Mueller knows everybody. This is a hoax. This whole thing is a hoax. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Back in. On Carlin, that's perfect for that. Because on Carlin, I'm not kidding. I said this on a Fox appearance. Some lady said that uh, on Twitter. She was like, Dan talks about himself. I'm not trying to talk about I don't care. I... This is Jeff Carlson's work. This is not, I'm not talking about myself. I'm just suggesting that I was cued on to Carlin a very long time ago by smart people. I'm not claiming any credit here. Please, this is not a, hey, look at me. I'm a, I, I'm Karnak. That's not. I just want you to understand that people that fed me this a long time ago always understood that Carlin had the keys to the kingdom. Carlin, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, resigns conveniently right after this FISA court uh, uh, operation is initiated where they start looking into abuses of the FISA court uh, of, of the, uh, excuse me, of the NSA database to spy on the Trump team. That's in uh, uh, Carlson's piece as well. In other words, that NSA database where they can tap into it and start doing about queries, there is a request by Mike Rogers, who I believe is a hero in this story from the NSA. Hey, something's going on. People are querying this database inappropriately. The FISA court does a a, a full-blown investigation and figures out they're right. There were illicit queries being done. Carlin resigns right after that, after that request is made. He was the head of the DOJ's National Security Division. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is knee deep in this. The FBI lawyer is now admitting he was the DOJ conduit. I'm telling you, I said that on Fox months ago, that this was the connection to the White House on this. If anybody was read in, it is going to be Carlin communicating with Lynch and the White House. Loretta Lynch, who was the AG. 
and the White House on how to conduct this operation against Trump. He has to be read in. There's no other way. Now, another stunning revelation here in his piece. Oh, let's see. Where is it here? Oh, here we go. Again, this is in Jeff Carlson's piece in my show notes today. Please read it. That the FBI maintained a previously unknown verification file for the Steele dossier. Congressional investigators did not previously know of its existence. Now, why does that seemingly innocuous piece of information basically kneecap everyone in this? Because, Joe, the dossier is false. It's a hoax. Mm -hmm. There is a formal procedure called the Woods Procedure to verify information brought into the FISA court used to spy on people. That procedure is a documented procedure that has verifiable steps to make sure that we don't use the FISA court to spy on American citizens without justification. The dossier could not have been verified because it was false. So now we find out that the FBI had a previously unknown verification file. In other words, a file on what they said they did to verify it. Folks, do you understand how important this is? This is going to document and line out what the FBI didn't do to verify information they used to spy on a presidential campaign. You say, well, how do you know it's going to document what they didn't do? Because it's false. The dossier is false. It's been debunked. You can't have a verification file on information that's not verified. It's clearly going to document either weak efforts to Joe, air quotes here, verify, because what did they really want to do? Not verify, not verify. because it was false. Right. So it's going to document a, 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 a misfeasance or malfeasance on the part of the FBI to appropriately investigate. And it's also probably going to document on who signed off on it, despite the fact that it wasn't verified. And who is the last person, one of the last people in the DOJ, who would have to sign off on this verified information before it got into the FISA courts? Let me think. Remember the name? Oh, John Carlin. Yeah, John Carlin. Old John appears again. He's one of the last figures in the DOJ to sign off. You think his name may have appeared in this verification file? Having signed off on false information? I think so. I think that's probably a safe bet. I'd like to get my hands on that. By the way, before we get this last read here, because I, I got a, I got a lot more. Don't go anywhere. I got a lot more on this. It's important. You know uh, the Nunes translator, <laughs> Devin Nunes. Yeah. Devin Nunes yeah. is the fantastic Republican congressman from California yeah. who has been all over this case from day one. Nunes knows everything. Uh, he has been. He does. He's had seen the classified information. Nunes. Nobody has their arms around this case like Devin Nunes. I find it interesting that Nunes yesterday subtweeted Chuck Ross's article about the uh, the Democracy Integrity Project and their continued efforts to advance the Russia hoax. Nunes in his tweet said, hey, the Russiagate stuff's all coming apart now. Employing the Nunes translator, what does that say to you? 
it says to me, folks, that this whole Russiagate nonsense is an ongoing, ongoing effort with politicians, our intelligence community, law enforcement officials, liberal activist groups to target people using our court system for outrageous, ridiculous charges of spying with foreign governments, knowing the American people would look at that, obviously, in a negative way. Why would Nunes subtweet Ross's piece? He's doing it because this is a bigger operation than just Trump. I've been saying this from the start. This probably started with Mike Flynn and an effort to take down their political opponents. Oh, look, illicit ties to Russia. They found out that this works, so they keep using it. Why else would Nunes put that out there? Why else would Nunes subtweet that? I'm telling you, he did it because he knows this is a bigger operation. All right, I've got a couple more just bonkers things from uh, Carlson's piece that are just incredible. All right, today's show also brought to you by Morning Recovery. I love this product. Uh, my wife and I have date nights on Saturday nights. It's uh, We love it. I look forward to it the whole week. I really love spending time with her. But, you know, sometimes we'll have a few drinks. Uh, you know, not uh, not uncommon. A couple adult sodas, right? I remember a few years ago when you go out, have a few drinks and bounce back the next morning like nothing happened. Yeah, those days are gone for me. They're probably gone for you too. Uh, I just learned about a way to help you bounce back like the good old days. Morning recovery is engineered to help your body detox and rehydrate after a night of drinking. Responsible drink. Of course, we all know that. Uh, make morning recovery your new pre-drink routine. Drink one morning recovery before you go to bed to help your body detox, rehydrate, and bounce back. You could be your fuller self the next day and get more done. Uh, I know uh, I've, I've received a lot of background on this company. It's interesting how they started. This guy was uh, this ex-Tesla engineer was working in a in a foreign country and he and he saw everybody they would go out after work for these uh, for these uh, you know events and have a few drinks and. They'd come in the next morning, they were all chipper, and he wasn't. So he figured out they did. This is how they do it with these ingredients. Morning recovery secret is DHM, a plant-based superhero ingredient shown to help accelerate the decomposition of toxins in your liver. Plus, it tastes great with over 1.5 million bottles sold. And if you don't love it, get your money back. I've used it. It works. It works great. Um, you know, it, obviously, you know, the whole, again, drink responsibly thing. Um there's no reason not to try morning recovery. They have a special deal for our listeners. Go to morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan. For 20% off your entire order. That's morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan for 20% off your entire order. Get 20% off on a six-pack, 12-pack, or 24-pack at morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan. Morningrecoverydrink.com slash Dan. Try, try it. Try it. You, it. It works. It, it really does. It's amazing. I was actually kind of surprised. Um, okay. So getting back to this piece. So now we know Carlin, uh, according to Lisa Page, is a key figure in this and Carlin was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff again, hammering home that point that Mueller's here for one reason, to keep the heat off his old buddies. Uh, that seems to be his job. There's a verification file, or we should call it the lack of verification file, which will provide a paper trail. Now, if you listen to my viral speech at the Breakers, it was, it was viewed quite a bit. In that speech, people asked me, well, what's going to happen to all the players? Are they going to go down? I said, listen, I don't think a lot of the political players are. I hope they do. I don't think it's going to happen. But I did say that the three-letter agency players that were involved in this, I think, are going to have a reckoning with justice at some point because there's a paper trail. This is the kind of stuff I was talking about. A verification file which points out the steps that intelligence and FBI assets didn't take and Department of Justice assets didn't take to verify information is going to leave these people dangling in the wind when one day someone, someone, hopefully Huber and the people involved in the, the uh, investigation of this, get these people in a room and start interviewing. them. There's a paper trail. 
Some other stunning uh, allegations from this, uh, from the Lisa Page testimony that Carlson has in his piece. Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer, apparently knew Bruce Orr, worked with him for five years and knew his wife. Remember Bruce Orr at the DOJ? Yeah. Whose wife was working for Fusion GPS Nelly while he was meeting right. with Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS after Glenn Simpson had been dismissed as a source by the FBI mm-hmm. and was funneling information in this information superhighway, information laundering operation back into the FBI. Just to be clear, Steele's dismissed as an ass. Steele, I said to him, Steele's dismissed as an asset, Christopher Steele, the dossier author, by mm-hmm. the FBI. Right. He's deemed not suitable for use. Steele continues to meet. With Orr and others continues to, and Simpson continues to be getting that information back into the DOJ, despite the fact that it's deemed not suitable for use. It was an information laundering operation. Lisa Page, the lead lawyer on this case, knew uh, Bruce Orr for five years. Folks, uh, they all knew each other. This is so obvious. They all knew each other. This is one big cabal of stupidity. Now, here's where it gets really, really interesting. This is one of the last pieces I'll get out for you today, but this is good. So John Brennan, who is a key in the, in the circle of idiots is one of the key idiots in this case, Brennan. I believe Brennan is a central, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to make the mistake of saying the key fit because there's too, there's too many. I've said to you before, the the hallmarks of a conspiracy theory are when they're tied up in nice little bows. That's not the way the government works, and that's not the way real conspiracies work. There are too many players, too many missteps. But there are a number of critical players uh, in management roles, in oversight roles involved in the operation to take down Trump. And I don't think it'll be a mystery for you for me to tell you that John Brennan obviously was one of them, the former CIA director. Now, Brennan's role is key in this. Because Brennan, it's according to multiple reports, I've talked about this before in the past, is on the record now having met with foreign intelligence officials at, quote, the, the principal's level, director level. And according to CNN reports, we also know that foreign intelligence agencies, including people from the United Kingdom, had been passing information about the Trump team to the Obama team. Now, this is critical because Devin Nunes has said repeatedly that no official intelligence was used to start the investigation. Employ the Nunes translator with what I just told you, and this should start to make sense to you. There are official intelligence channels within the United States and our Five Eyes counterparts, people we work with, the Australians, the Canadians, New uh, New Zealanders. We work with these folks in a Five Eyes intelligence operation, and we share at a different, higher, more more cooperative, collaborative level than we do with other countries. They're friendlies, is the easiest way to say it, the UK being in there too. But there are official channels for intelligence. Why? Because, Joe, we don't want to start a nuclear war getting intelligence on the President of the United States desk based on a tip from a guy working in a burger joint on the corner um, who has, you know, a level six psychopathology. I don't think it's mysterious to tell you that information is vetted through proper channels before it makes it to the president or decision makers in our intelligence agencies. You tracking what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah, that information better be right. Yeah. You're darn right. Or verifiable or given a probability assessment. Mm -hmm. That is how official intelligence works. That's how the system works. Devin Nunes has repeatedly, repeatedly said that a critical component of the Spygate, Russiagate operation is the fact that no 
No official intelligence was used to start this. Think about this. The most critical counterintelligence investigation in modern U.S. history into a sitting president, formerly a candidate, Donald Trump, was started with no official intelligence. In other words, no appropriately vetted through channels intelligence. And how did it all start? Well, now it makes a world of sense. Page's testimonies reveal that while Brennan continued to deny knowing about the dossier and downplaying it, Joe, oh, it was part of a corpus of intelligence and all this other stuff, that Brennan may have had the dossier before the FBI. Oh, oh this is going to sting. But we know he didn't get it through official channels. What is he doing? Is Brennan conducting his own personal black bag operation? Here's a question from a representative. They don't say who in the Jeff Carlson piece about Brennan. And the answer is, damn it. The representative says to Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer involved in the Trump case, we have documents that would suggest that in that briefing, the dossier was mentioned to Harry Reid. And then obviously they were going to have conversations. Does that surprise you that Director Brennan would be aware of the dossier? Now, 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 keep in mind. What's the significance of this question? A briefing was given to Democrat, uh, former Democrat Senator Harry Reid that had information contained in the dossier. How do we know that? Because Reid then wrote a letter after the briefing that had information that only appeared in the dossier. Brennan gave that briefing. But when was that briefing, Joe? August. The Bureau didn't get the dossier until September. Oh, listen to Paige's answer now. Yeah, yes, sir. Because with all due honesty, if Director Brennan, by the way, this is choppy. This is how she, this is verbatim. This is verbatim. Because with all due honesty, if Director Brennan, so we got that information for our source, right? The FBI got this information from our source. She's talking about the dossier. The FBI got this information from our source. If the CIA had another source of that information, I am neither aware of that, nor did the CIA provide it to us if they did. Because she goes on to acknowledge they didn't get it until September. Now does the verification file, (laughs) John Carlin's role, make all the sense of the world? Brennan likely got this information way before the FBI did. He gets the information before the FBI did. And although the proper thing to do is to turn it over to the appropriate intelligence sources, run it through official channels, and then get it over to the FBI if it's verified, that's not the way this worked. Brennan gets the information without verifying it, goes right to Harry Reid, knowing Harry Reid will run with it. Harry Reid then writes a letter to the FBI about the dossier Brennan claims to know little about. And then pressures the FBI into opening an investigation with non-official channel intelligence that had been unverified. In other words, a political hit job using Harry Reid and John Brennan as the antagonists in this story. Do you understand how important that piece of information is? Yeah. That the hack Central Intelligence Agency director, Brennan, who was clearly a political animal. Got this information in August. Instead of going to the Bureau, they didn't get it till September. Page just acknowledged that. Goes who? Goes to political, excuse me, goes where? 
to talk to who? Goes to Capitol Hill to talk to the biggest Democrat hack up there, Harry Reid, knowing what? Reid then, before the information is verified, will write a letter to the FBI about information only in the dossier. That's how we know that's what that briefing was about. Pressuring them to start an investigation on BS info. Oh my gosh, these pieces are staggering today. But they're, I know Carlson knows it, so does Chuck Ross. They know most of the story. But folks, expect this all to start coming out again soon. I get it. I get it. I understand the glacial pace of justice. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm not in a prediction game anymore. But I'm telling you, not knowing what's going on, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Because as these pieces start to come together, the level of corruption and disgrace that happened inside our government, the attack on Donald Trump is unbelievable. So just remember the takeaways today. This Russia hoax story is ongoing. It happened in the midterms in the Alabama special, and it's continuing now with players taken from the Democrat committee in charge of investigating Trump who are working with people connected to Russians like Deripaska. We were told were trouble. Second, Carlin was a key player. Carlin was Mueller's chief of staff. Carlin's role has been downplayed up to this point. There's a verification file. I want the names and I want the dates and I want to see exactly what you did to, quote, verify this false information. Lisa Page knows Bruce Orr, the champion of the information superhighway and information laundering operation in the DOJ who was using information from a broken source after he'd been dismissed by the FBI. Oh, one more. Sorry, I don't got to get to this too. One more. This is important. This only take a minute. Also, according to Carlson's piece, Lisa Page gets into a conversation with a representative about a trip she took in December of 2016. And Joe, the FBI lawyer, apparently at the hearing, jumps in right away and silences her. Shh. No, talk about that. Don't you say anything. Silencioso, por favor. What's the trip she started to talk about before the FBI legal team jumped in and told her to, 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 to pipe down? She took a December 2016 visit to, oh, London, London, that's right. Let's just read this CNN headline for the umpteenth thousandth time so you understand that this was an information laundering operation run through political payers and John Brennan, never designed to be uh, run through official channels because it was bogus. CNN, April 14th, 2017. British intelligence passed Trump associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. Lisa Page. Oh, I took a trip to London in December 2016 with Bill Prystep and Peter Stroke, the investigators in this case. Shh, quiet, quiet, pipe down. Read the piece. The guy jumps right in. Silences her. Oh, baby, we got an international spy story on our hands, don't we? Read my book, folks. It's all in there. Uh, again, I'm not trying to tell you. Buy it. Don't buy it. I don't care. Borrow it from a friend. But it is all in there. This is the greatest spy story of all time, except for the fact that it actually happened. And the idiots who tried to pull it off were too stupid to cover their own tracks. Let's get that verification file. All right, folks. Thanks for another great week of shows. I really appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, please subscribe. To the show, it's the actual subscriptions on iTunes where you click the subscribe button or you can go to iHeartRadio and click follow 
You can follow us on SoundCloud as well. It's free. It is at no cost to you. But they have these top charts, and that's how people find our show. And it's not actually the listen. Those, believe me, those help too. That's how we finance the show. But on the people finding us side, it's the subscriptions that matter. So if you wouldn't mind reviewing us on iTunes, subscribing on iTunes, and if you wouldn't mind reviewing my book on Amazon, I'd appreciate that. But please subscribe. It helps us a ton. We really appreciate it. It keeps our marketing costs as low as possible. So uh, the show is getting really expensive to produce these days based on the size of the audience. So thanks for everything. I appreciate your loyalty. It means the world to me. I'll see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.